Okay, we're live. Welcome to Peggy's Recovery Corner. We are here today. This is a recovery podcast. We talk about all things recovery, a wide range of different things that people have experienced in the recovery process. Uh, today, I have a very special guest. I, I've been wanting to have Christina on here for a while. Christina, welcome to the corner. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I have known Christina for a few years. Uh, I think we were in an intervention training for Hightower Associates. We were just talking about that a little bit ago, back in the day, and I, I noticed her. She used to have purple hair. What color is your hair right now? It's blondish brown. Okay. Yeah. Is it seasonal? I, is it seasonal? <laughs> you know, I had, I mean, I had changed the color. Like, I used to have platinum blonde hair before I went purple. Um, uh -huh. And, you know, and I changed the color of my hair when I was going through some issues. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, and, and I was like, I literally want healing. So I was like, let me put this purple hair on. And now I feel Yeah. So I changed the color back. Awesome. So I like to, uh, when we, when we have guests on here, we like to delve into their past and learn them, if you will. And obviously um, you have a story. We were just talking about that too. Uh, you should write a book, but first and foremost, where were you born? Where were you raised? Tell me a little bit about your upbringing, your childhood and all that stuff. So I'm originally from Queens, New York, Baisley Park Projects. Um, and, you know, um, it's not a rich, it's not a rich area. <laughs> you know, my family, um, my mom was one of nine girls that lived in a two bedroom apartment. You know, so I mean, the history there is, is there was a, you know, poverty. Um, I used to go to the, uh, Let's go get the government check with my grandma, you know, just all, oh, I mean, it was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of lack there, but there was also love, you know, my, um, my family, my mom in effort to get out of the projects joined the air force. Um, and so my, my father, my father and mother both joined the air force and then we moved around a lot after that. So, you know, um, and neither one of them had parenting skills, mm -hmm. but they did the best that they could with what they had. You know, there's a lot Any of siblings at all. Were there siblings? Um, I found out a few years ago that I have a half brother and a half sister. Um, mm -hmm. And my father liked to mess around. So I'm sure there's other folks and especially being in the, the military, the air force, I'm sure mm -hmm. I have other siblings that I just right. don't know about. <laughs> but, but there was like none around that were growing up with you? Were you kind of an only child? I was the only child. Yes. You were the only child. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then and junior high school, high school, you went all, you were in New York during all that time? No, we moved, um, we moved from the East Coast uh, to freaking Arizona, which was... <laughs> So, so the story goes that my mom got drunk one night, you know, this, you know, I'm, I'm sober 16 and a half years. It runs in my entire family. My mom oh, got okay. drunk one night, said, wherever my finger lands is where we're moving. And it ended up being Arizona. So when I was 12, we moved to Arizona and I just, you know, that was like the demise of my spirit. Cause I went from New York where there was just, it was multicultural to, Arizona, where it was right. not. And which all. part of Arizona was it? 
uh, it was Mesa, uh-huh. Tolleson, you know, um, the sticks and, you know, I, I just didn't do very well. Um, that was when my life just kind of started to take a, a dive. Like my first, you know, my first issues were depression and then eating. And then, you know, I started, I started cutting on myself as a, as a way to, to relieve pain. And, you know, um, there was also just, you know, the long and short of it, there was, there was sexual abuse, there was emotional abuse, physical abuse, you know, none of that, none of that created the alcoholic, but it certainly set me up for an easier go when I finally started drinking. And how did you learn or know that cutting would be something that could alleviate the pain? Like, where did the idea come from? Were you, obviously, cutters cut, you know, people that are suicidal that will cut themselves to like commit suicide is much different than cutting. Yeah. You know, people that are actually cutting themselves have some, something else going on psychologically. So they want to feel pain on like through a physical pain by trying not to think about the other stuff. How did you even learn to do that? I don't know. Honestly, I just, I just started doing it. And, um, you know, and then, you know, I got put, I got put in a, um, like a recovery, you know, like a treatment center. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I now, stayed. What are you, what are, how old were you? I was 15. Cause okay. I tried, I did actually the cutting led to an overdose of pills. And then I ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then they put me in like a residential treatment center for a year. Okay. Out there in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Where you didn't even like being in the first place, it seems. <laughs> Arizona was my biggest teacher of just tolerance and, you know, I mean, first of all, that heat, honey. I'm not made for that heat. Yes. It, I mean, you know, the pavement has waves and I would go outside and it literally would just be just coming off of my hair. Oh. You know, and I was like, who lives here? How do you make it? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Right. right. I could not wait to get out of there. Uh, that's how I felt about Utah because I grew up from in Utah from five to fifteen Salt Lake. Yeah. And it wasn't even that it was the heat; it was the people. There was a lot of good people. I realize that now, but I experienced a lot of racism. Um, yes. A lot of derogatory words that were used towards me, like oppression at its finest. You know, so. Um, I, I couldn't wait to get out of Utah. I remember when we were going to move to California, it was like my the seas had parted. I was so happy. Yeah, I got called names. I mean, I just, you know, and I didn't, I mean, at the time, I just didn't understand what was happening. And there was no, there was no, you know, my mom was non-existent. She, my, my, my parents had gotten divorced after, you know, um, and so I didn't have anybody to kind of just check in with me and say, you know, these folks are, you know, jealous or, or you are okay as you are. You don't need to change anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I constantly felt like there, that there was something wrong with me because I didn't fit the picture. I didn't fit the magazine. You know, the, there was nobody on TV. Whitney Houston was the first person that I saw that I was like, oh my gosh, there's yeah. somebody like me. She's, you know, and she's, you know, and, and I copied and emulated her for like five years. I understand. Yeah. I get it. So uh, 
you said you went to treatment first time it was when you were 15 like had you been how i mean how did you get into pills was were they in the house were they did you obtain yes. them somewhere my mom was on prescription uh medication and i just went to her cabinet and i took all of her pills took okay. her pill advil i took anything that was in the, the cabinet because i really just you know um at that point you know i had an experience in in high school with with somebody that took advantage of me and you know and i just couldn't like just couldn't deal with life anymore it's like i don't want to be here and it didn't feel like my family wanted me to be there so i was just like let me just end this and i'm grateful today that that i didn't you know because I mean, I just, I was a wounded individual who needed help. And, and at that point in time, you know, it's like I'm 50. So at that point in time, people weren't really talking about, you know, um, sexual abuse. People weren't really talking about, you know, you know, people weren't really talking about that. There wasn't treatment as, as, as available as it is today. So everything was shrouded in secrecy and, 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 um, you know, I, I just wanted out. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so was there ever a time in your adolescence that you were having fun? Like, were you going to high school parties? Were you drinking besides no. the pills? No, it was just the pills and you went to rehab? Yeah, I mean, I, I, never, I never wanted to be like my family. So drinking was not something that I did. I was mm -hmm. very, like... I wanted, you know, it was perfection, you know, where I found my joy was in singing, you know, um, since the time I was five years old, um, every time I opened up my mouth, it just felt um, like I immediately connected with people. And, and like, I realized that my voice um, positively impacted folks. And music was the thing that that kept me you know, from going off the rails so, so, so many times. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I get it. I understand that. See that. Time? Huh? Is, is that Prince? Oh, yeah. You already yes. know. Oh, <laughs> you Prince, already know. Prince, Madonna, Whitney, like Prince was the, that, that uh, just, that his first album was the thing that just, I was like, ah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Soundtrack to my life. Yes. Prince. Um, yes. So in the, you said you went to treatment for a year at the age of 15. Did, do you remember being in there? Like, did you learn anything? Did you, did you, was, was there goodness that came out of it or? Did I you did. Get out of there? Yeah. I started going to Alateen. You know, I started, you know, that was my first introduction into kind of 12 steps. Yeah. You know, um, I started going to Alateen. I did get some therapy. My um, stepfather at the time, you know, and I, and I, what, what I got out of that time away from my mom was that I wasn't crazy, you know, much love to my mom, but, you know, and again, she did the best that she could, but she had a problem like I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and that really interfered with our relationship, you know, and, and I got validation that I wasn't crazy, you know, and then I never went back home after that. I, 
I moved out into like a, a halfway house, you know. At that young of an age? Yeah. Yeah. I was six. Yeah. I was 16. 16? Yeah. Halfway yeah. house in Arizona? Yep. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, because I basically told them, I said, listen, if I go back to my house, like one of, one of us is going to kill each other. Because it just, there was so much, there was just so much anger there. That's a turmoil, yeah. Yeah, and and so I was like, I was like, I barely escaped my life this time if you guys send me back there. So I emancipated and, you know, I spent, um, I spent my senior year at a halfway house. I was working full time, you know, going to school. I went to a new school that sucked, um, but, you know, I also didn't have to deal with that home life anymore, you know, so. And then did you finish high school and all that when you were in the halfway house? I did. I finished high school and then I, I went to college, you know, my, you know, my passion was music, but, you know, um, unfortunately, I didn't, I, I didn't have guidance or else I would have pursued it. Um, you know, my mom told me that only special people make it in the business. And so I just internalized that as I wasn't special. And so, you know, and also the, you know, the, the, the Latin families, they, you know, the, a lot of families don't want you to do entertainment type stuff because that's not a sure thing. Go to school, right. get a job, get a degree. That was, that was it. You know, so I went to school for for journalism, and um, and I'm, I'm again I'm grateful that I that I did that. We did a lot of great things. Um, we were, you know, it was at a point where, kind of at the point again today where there's a lot of civil unrest. There was lots of, you know, I was the first minority female reporter at the school. I went to Arizona State University. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was the first woman to become a, an opinion editor, and I started sharing my opinions. <laughs> and people were like, "Go back to your country," and I was like, "And what country would that be?" Because last time, <laughs> I, you know. And so, I mean, but out of that, I I, I formed a Students Against Discrimination. It was a it was a group of individuals who were really trying to. Um, bring the college into a more socially um like there's a lot of stuff going on there a lot of bigotry and and racism and and i mean in and out of the classrooms so Mm -hmm. you know our goal was to unify people and then figure out a way for 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 the for the college teachers and students to unify you know, and that, and, and so out of that, um, we formed the Intergroup Relations Center, which was a place where people could go to get information on how to address LGBTQ, you know, like, and what kind of content was, was actually appropriate to bring into your classes, you know, so, I mean, and that work still stands today. I'm very proud of the fact that I did that. So, you know, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Remember, I told you, growing up in Utah, I had a kid one time tell me in the sixth grade, he said, my granddaddy used to own your granddaddy. And I'm thinking, what the, like, 
first of all, I'm Persian, all right? <laughs> Secondly, like, what kind of shit is that to say to somebody, right? Like, oh what kind of... What kind of like, like who who says what in your household? Like I feel sorry for you, you know. Yeah. Like, granddaddy must have like told daddy something that that he's telling you now. I hope you don't carry on with this, but but I get it. I mean I understand that all too well. So at this time, like you were you were obviously highly productive in school. You were, you know, you were, you were part of a great organization. You were trying to educate and all that. Were you sober? I was until the final year of my college experience where so does that um, mean after I, you went to after you went to rehab you stayed sober like through the halfway house and everything well see so the so the pills were just an overdose i wasn't like a pill popper i never did anything no. until like literally the final year of of my of i did this internship at the cleveland plane dealer and everybody mm -hmm. was smoking weed you know and you know up until then you know, and and make things happen and improve stuff, but I'm I think the sound is cutting out. Might be um, your connection. Yeah, she paused out. So it just stopped. Oh, here she is again. There we go. All right. I'm bringing you back on. Where did you last hear me? I was like, uh, should I pause? So, okay. No. So, okay. The Cleveland. And. Christina. Ask her if she can, um, if she's on her phone, mm -hmm. disconnect from the Wi Fi. Wait, I'm gonna, should I just end the broadcast? We do this another time. It's up to you. We got a lot of viewers on right now. 